0: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us in worship for the very first time, we welcome you. We are thrilled you have chosen to worship with us this day. As many of you likely already know, we are hoping to return to our sanctuary uh, for in-person worship starting next week, September 13th. However, due to the limited capacity in the sanctuary, we are requiring that you sign up in advance if you would like to be a part of our in-person worship in the sanctuary. Uh, For the first four weeks, which are September 13th through October 4th, we are asking that you only sign up for one of those Sundays in order to accommodate the number of people who would like to attend in person. We are hoping to increase capacity in the coming weeks, but for now, that is just not possible. So if you would like to sign up and have not done so already, uh, and we would love to see you in worship, you may do that on our website, www.mpcusa.org. And there should be uh, a button there that you can click to to sign up for in-person worship in the first four weeks. Please know that Online worship will continue to be available. We're just shifting format. So next week, you will see us in the sanctuary. Uh, It's an exciting day as we shift to our live stream format. So that means worship will be available starting right at 10.30 a.m. next Sunday uh, from our live stream in the sanctuary. So in whatever way you are able to join us, we look forward to worshiping with you next Sunday, September 13th. Friends, today we continue our journey into scripture, exploring the unexpectedness of our God. God is always at work in unexpected ways, using unexpected people, unexpected circumstances, and often pushing the boundaries of what we've come to expect in this world. As we continue our journey as God's people through an unexpected season, let us open our hearts and our minds to the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Let us prepare our hearts for worship.
1: Turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. We gather to praise you. When we look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, we are overwhelmed. O Lord, our Sovereign, How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. We gather to celebrate you. Who Who are we that that you are mindful of us? Who Who are we that you bother with us us at all? O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. We gather to worship you. Who Who are are we? We are yours. We gather to worship you alone. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the
2: earth. Let us worship God together. How majestic is the Lord, our sovereign. How great is God's glory above the heavens. And this is our God who claims us in the waters of baptism. Just as we turn towards God in awe of God's creation, we turn towards God now in a time of confession, recognizing the ways God is calling us to be better people in the world and to mend our relationships. Trusting in our majestic and merciful God, let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in our home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Merciful God, you have made us in your image, and yet we reject the call to be yours. You have made us in your image, and yet we reject the parts of you we do not like. We love the stories of your creation. We love hearing about your power and your majesty that created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. We don't love hearing how you rested or your command for us to do the same. We prefer to believe that rest is something we have to earn. We prefer to believe that rest is weak. We prefer to believe that rest is unacceptable in a world that beckons us toward power and prestige and productivity. Forgive us, O God, for failing to do as you command. Forgive us, O God, for picking and choosing among your commands for our life. Encourage us to see your Sabbath as a gift of grace, a holy time set apart. Empower us with the courage to reject the demands of the world and instead turn our hearts fully toward you. Friends, hear the good news. The Lord is faithful in all God's words and deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen.
0: Good morning, my young friends. It is a joy to be with you. I want to talk to you a little bit today about Sabbath. Do you know what Sabbath is? Sabbath means to stop, to cease. And God calls us to stop and cease and to keep the sabbath holy we think of the sabbath as sunday a day when we are called to turn all of our attention to god in some way or another but our lives are busy and even though we are at home right now there is school starting there are chores to be done there's yard work to be done there are always always things for us to do and i bet your parents know that really really well But we're going to talk about what it looks like to keep God's Sabbath today. And I have a couple of friends who are going to help me out with that. You might recognize at least one of them. But I want you to pay attention to this song coming up. And I want you to think about what it means to put something down. Listen up,
3: everybody. We're gonna hear from a dude who is truly cool and very fresh. But he's got a problem that he wants to lay on us. Uh, come on in, Ernie, my man.
0: Excuse me, Mr. Hoots, I hate to bug a busy bird, but I want to learn the sax, and I need a helpful word. I always get a silly squeak when I play
3: the blues. Earn to keep you cool, I'll teach you how to blow the sacks I think I did your problem, it's rubber and it quacks You'll never find the skill you seek till you pay your dues You gotta put down the ducky Put down the ducky Put down the ducky Yeah, you gotta leave the duck alone You gotta put down the ducky Put down the ducky Ducky if you want to play the saxophone
0: did you recognize Ernie in that video put down the ducky put down the ducky I love that song anyway my point is when we think about sabbath and God wants us to understand sabbath as something we're going to enjoy something we will love something that will bring us life like playing the saxophone for Ernie But in order to learn how to play that saxophone, in order to learn how to rest with God, to truly embrace the gift of rest with God, we have to be willing to put other things down. We have to think about what it looks like to fully rest with God and put the other things down. And sometimes that's hard to do. And so my challenge for you is the next time you are having a Sunday with your family, I want you with your parents, with your siblings, with your grandparents, whoever you're with, to talk together about how could we have some holy time today just with God. And maybe, and you know what, part of being just with God means being with one another. We believe that God is a part of each of us. And so in spending time together, we are also spending time with God. So I want you and your family to carve out, let's start with just an hour, an hour of time where you are putting away all the other things, whether that's chores or whether that's a computer or a TV or a video game or, or whatever that is, you're putting it down You're spending time with one another, and you are resting in the abundance of that gift. Sabbath rest is a gift that God gives to us, but we have to remember in order to receive that gift and the abundance of life that it calls us to, we have to be willing to put down something else. So why don't you join me in prayer? Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will have that song in your head all day long. Let us pray. You may repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you for rest. Help us to put down all the things that get in the way of that rest. Amen. See you next time. Next time we'll see you in the sanctuary. See you soon.
1: As we prepare our hearts to hear God's word, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on us.
2: Today we experience the unexpectedness of God in the form of rest. This rest is not a gift we give ourselves often, yet God commands it. God commands us to rest. Hear now a selection from the very first words in the Bible from the book of Genesis chapter 1. Together, let us listen for the word of God. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let there be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and years to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle, and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all in their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Well, friends, I imagine you've heard this creation story a handful of times before, so I'm not going to dwell on the details here for very long. But I do want to offer a quick recap and the question i want to have you to have in your mind as we review this story is what are humans doing each day of creation got it what are humans doing each day of creation so we're going to go back over this seven day creation story and you be thinking what are humans doing today what are humans doing this day of creation so day one god creates light What are humans doing? Nothing. God hasn't created them yet. Great. You're doing well. Okay. Day two. God creates the dome or the sky. What are humans doing? Nada. Nothing. God hasn't created them yet. Okay. Day three. God creates vegetation. God separates land and sea. And I'm going to start to sound like a broken record here, but what are humans doing? Nothing. God hasn't created them yet. Day four, sun, moon, stars, still no humans. Day five, water creatures, birds, ducks, still no humans. Day six, land creatures, and finally, humans. What are humans doing on day six? They are being created, and God is giving them a job description. Fill the earth and steward the earth. Great, let's get to work. Day seven, Sabbath. God rests. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. Day seven, God rests. God just created humans, gave them a substantial job description. They haven't done anything yet. So they are, they are primed. They are ready to get to work. And their first full day of existence is rest. Rest. Their to-do lists will have to wait. The deadlines for naming the animals will have to be pushed back. The pressures of farming and harvesting that are breathing down their necks will have to be put off again. We could have gotten a lot done already, God, if you'd made us a few days back we could be well on our way to a sustainable life here we could have organized we could have you know we could have done a lot but no day six god creates humankind day seven their first full day in existence is entirely Rest. And you know what that means? It means there is no possible way that humans can say, We earned it. It is a gift of God's grace. The Sabbath is a gift of God's grace, a hallowed day, which means a holy day, the only thing in all creation pronounced as holy. Did you notice that? It's also the only thing that God commands us to do in the Ten Commandments. You remember, this is part of the Ten Commandments, but it's the only thing in the Ten Commandments that is actually a call to imitate God, to do something God has already done. And in fact, if you were paying attention to the text, you will notice that the word finished is used twice. Once in day six to name that the heavens and the earth and the material world were finished. But it's also used once on day seven that God finished the work of creation. In other words, the work of creation was not complete, is not complete without Sabbath rest. And the question I'm going to ask us to wrestle with today is might that still be true? Might we remain unfinished apart from Sabbath rest? Leaning heavily on the influence of theologian Karl Barth, Nathan Stuckey explains that God actually demonstrates God's freedom by resting. Because freedom happens within boundaries, not beyond them. God does not just keep creating and creating and creating. God sets a limit and God rests. If God had continued creating, God wouldn't be free, but would be bound by that creative work. If you've ever been in a season of life where the work seems endless, you you know what this means. Perhaps you're living that right now. There is a sense of not being free, but being held captive by a work that's just never done. You keep working and working and working and working, but God sets a limit on work. As Karl Barth says, a being is free only when it can determine and limit its own activity. God rested. And we are called to do the same, not because of what it will get us, certainly not because we did anything to earn it, but because God did it first. And we are called to emulate God. It is a gift of God's grace for us. But boy, does it mess with our work ethic and every cultural influence in this world. We live in a society that deeply values productivity, a society that rewards sacrificing the rest of life for the sake of work, a society hell-bent on defining your worth by the things that you can get done every day. And especially in these days, everyone I know who is working right now is doing so like they have never done before. So many times in the past few months, I've heard people articulate that if there once was a separation between work and the rest of life, which I'm not sure there was, but if there once was, it isn't there anymore. So many people are working from home, so many people are burning the midnight oil, so many people are pouring themselves into work because they don't know what else to do these days with their anxiety and their fear and their stress, so they just work the lines are so blurred it has always been easy in our culture to define ourselves by work but it is even easier in these days our entire existence can be defined by work if we want to we can check email from our beds we can just walk upstairs in our home, to our home office for a few more hours after dinner it's so much easier now to disengage with the rest of the world or the rest of our family or, or do so believing that our life depends on it, our worthiness depends on it. I just need to get one more email written or one more deposition finished or one more, one more, one more, one more. And if you've just smacked the person sitting next to you asking if they're paying attention today, I'm talking to you too. If you're thinking, thank God I'm retired. I don't have to worry about this anymore. I'm talking to you too. Because we all have things that we cling to in this world that define us. We all have things we pour ourselves into in hopes of being rewarded or acknowledged or seen. We all have things that we convince ourselves we have to complete and get done before we are deserving of rest. Okay, that's done. Now I can rest. I've earned it. But if Sabbath becomes something you've earned or you're working like crazy in order to give yourself permission to rest, you're missing the point. It's no longer about God and the gift of this rest. It's about you. It's no longer about your identity as God's beloved creation. It's about your identity as someone whose worth is wrapped up in how much you can produce. And God says, that will not do. You, my beloved, if I have anything to say about it, you will not be known first and foremost as a people who know how to get stuff done. You will be a people who know how to trust radically in the grace and the provision of God. You will be a people who know that before any other identity claimed you on this earth, you were created as a beloved child of God. You are a beloved child of God. It's just a gift. A gift we could never earn. A gift that God makes very clear is freely given You do not do anything to earn this. As Nathan Stuckey puts it, it's an identity-wrecking but identity-rooting gift, this Sabbath that messes with every other identity but in the end gives us the thing that we most desperately long for. That is the anchor, the root for that identity that is deeper, deeper, and more secure than anything that could be fabricated by strictly human effort. I mentioned Ernie and his saxophone earlier in the service. And if you've gotten the habit of fast forwarding, go back to the time for young disciples and you'll see what I'm talking about. But I'd like for you to think about Ernie and his ducky a little bit. What are you supposed to put down? Not every day, not all the time, but one day, one Sabbath day that God calls us to. What are you supposed to put down? That God's gift of rest and grace might be received into your life. I'll give you a hint. It's probably going to be something on which it appears your life depends. It's probably going to be something in which you find a deep sense of your identity and your worth. What is it that God is inviting you to put down so you can receive God's gift of life and grace and know your true identity in the one who gave you life, who breathed you into being. The invitation is to put down the ducky. Put it down. Put down the ducky if you want to learn the depth of God's gift and God's unexpected grace given freely to you. Put it down. Put it down. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
1: Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, a confession of the Presbyterian Church, USA. Together, let us state what we believe. Which is the fourth commandment? The fourth commandment commandment is, is, Remember remember the the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it how is the sabbath to be sanctified the
3: The sabbath Sabbath is to be be sanctified
1: by a holy resting all that day even from from such worldly worldly employments and and recreations as as are lawful on other days and
0: spending spending the
1: whole time in the public and private exercises of god's worship except so so much much as is is to be be taken up in the works of necessity
3: and mercy. Mercy.
1: Thanks Thanks be to to God. God.
0: My friends, as we seek to open our hearts and our minds to God's work and God's rest among us and within us, let us prepare our hearts to turn to God in prayer. At this time, I invite you to join us in our home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. And we invite you to take out a piece of paper or a pen And talk with the people who you are worshiping alongside today and answer at least one of the following questions. The first question is, do you ever experience God's gift of Sabbath? And if so, how? The second question is, apart from God, what in this world are you allowing to define your worthiness? Is that getting in the way of God's gift of Sabbath for you? And the third question is, how might you live more freely into God's gift of rest? We're going to encourage you to pause the video at this time and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done writing or sharing with the people who you are worshiping alongside, you're welcome to turn the video back on and join us for a time of prayer together.
2: Let us pray. Creator of all that is, has been, and will be, From the far reaches of the outer galaxies to the near places in this very room, your word breathes life into existence. We give you thanks for the many ways we get to experience your glory and cherish your abundance. For the fruits and foods we taste, for the waters we swim and play in, for the light that starts each day in the morning, enabling us to participate in the gift of everyday encounters with friends and family. For all these things, we are grateful. Christ, who has been there from the beginning of time, you know the challenges and joys your creation faces each day. You who knows the pressure that builds up from weather fronts and thick clouds encroaching on a climate, knows the heaviness that can surround a community. We pray that you acknowledge the disappointment we face at the end of a summer and the hesitation we feel as fall approaches. We ask for your intercession for our friends, our family, and even ourselves who receive diagnoses and seek a day of health and wholeness. We look to your support to help us help others that we love with their challenges as we cannot carry these loads alone. Christ, who knows us well, hear our prayers. Spirit of the living God, whose breath hovered over the waters on that first day, remind us this day of your palpable presence. Like our God who created the world in a week, we come to our Sabbath day seeking an end to our work. As we look back on what has been accomplished, we gaze with divine eyes, seeing that it is good and smiling with satisfaction. For what was left undone, we accept the shower of your grace that you bestow upon us to be taken up again another day or by another person. And in all things, we give glorious praise and thanks for your restoring energy that you give us by simply saying the small command, rest. We pray all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. My
0: friends, God's gift of Sabbath is a gift of grace for you. And so may you go out into this world seeking to embrace that gift as freely and fully as it has been given to you.
2: And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day, forevermore. Amen.